understanding of that word. I want to briefly just consider tonight principally verses 20 and 21. And it's a subject that needs to be dealt with quite regularly. It deals with doubts and assurance. That's something that all of us experience from time to time. No doubt in the Christian life we've all known times when we've had doubts. We're just not sure. And perhaps there are those who are saved and yet they haven't yet got the assurance of faith that they desire. So that's what I want us to consider just briefly tonight. Why do we have doubts? We have doubts because the evil one attacks us. He doesn't want us to believe. He doesn't want us to have faith and peace and comfort. And so he fires out. He shoots out his arrows at us. And sometimes they hit the target. But we don't need to let them. We have the shield of faith. But we don't always hold that up as we ought to do. And then sometimes we have doubts as well because of our own sin. It's said that assurance has a very narrow neck. It only needs a small sin to block the neck through which that assurance comes. So we may have doubts because of something we do that's wrong or something we don't do that we should do. We neglect a duty. But in some ways, doubts are a good thing. Satan doesn't cause those who cause him no trouble to doubt. He gives doubts to those who do believe. And he wants to undermine their faith. So in some ways, doubts are a sign that we are true believers. If you have doubts, that might be a good thing for a time. But the question is, how do we deal with them? Well, let's think about assurance. The two verses, I read them again. Verse 20, he staggered not. That means he didn't waver, he didn't hesitate. This is Abraham. He wavered, he hesitated not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong, or rather strengthened in his faith. This isn't referring to his salvation. We'll look at that shortly at the beginning of the chapter. This is referring to the living faith that Abraham had. This is the experience of assurance that Abraham had. And we'll look at how this was derived. Assurance is a unique privilege to believers. Do you know Roman Catholics call this one of the great heresies of the Protestant Church? It's something which is always absent in false religion. Rather, those who follow a false faith, they like to play on the minds of the followers so that they work more, they have to try harder, they have to give more, they have to go to the shrines and the idols again and again in order to have a little bit more hope. But we don't need to be like that. <coughs> the acid test of real Christianity is our attitude to assurance, which is taught so very clearly in the Word of God. Is assurance just a feeling? Is it something vague based upon the latest experience we've had or if we've not had one for a few weeks? Do we go dry 
and empty and start to have doubts. Well, that's not what it teaches here. It's something far more dependable, solid, reliable. We can know permanent assurance. That's our desire to know that we are accepted by God. Well, Paul uses in this chapter, it's a difficult chapter, it takes some explanation, but Paul uses Abraham as the father of the faith to demonstrate saving faith. Go back to verse 3. It follows on from verse 2, speaking about justification by works, which doesn't work. Nobody is justified by works, no. Abraham, verse 3, for what says the scripture? Abraham believed. He exercised faith in God and on account of his faith, which was given to him, faith isn't something we work up, it's something given to us that we have to exercise. Abraham believed God and it was accounted (laughs) unto him for righteousness because he believed The promises of God, because he believed he left Ur, he put his trust and faith in the coming of a saviour. And as because of that, he was considered righteous. He wasn't righteous, but the Lord considered him righteous. So that was his salvation, we could say. But look at verse 13. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world. This came after. This was the great promise given to Abraham. He had to exercise a different kind of faith. Not saving faith, but a living faith. What was the promise? That he should be the heir. That through him should a saviour come to his seed. But he had no child. How could it be? Age 100. He was physically, reproductively dead. That's what Paul says. And so was his wife. That's what it says in verse 19. He didn't look at his body. He didn't look at his potential to have a child. If he did that, it would have been hopeless. He had to look beyond. He had to look to the one who gave the promise. Now this is how we obtain assurance. This is what we call objective assurance. It's the highest form of assurance. It's the most solid form of assurance. And this is how it works out. Verse 19, He, being not weak in faith, he was weak in the body, he was effectively barren, but he wasn't weak in faith. He listened to that promise. If God has said that I will be the father of many nations, verse 18, if God has said, then it's as good as done. It's certain. It's sure. That's what it means in verse 20. He did not hesitate. He didn't waver. He didn't divide the promise of God in any way. No, God gave the promise and he believed. We use this expression, he appropriated. It means to buy, to get hold of, to put your trust in. He appropriated the promise of God 
that one day the promise would be fulfilled. It would be fulfilled through a child that would come not to Hagar, but to Abraham and Sarah. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. You see, Abraham's already a believer, but he was capable of unbelief, as are all of us. But no, he would believe. He did, for a time, have doubts. He believed a plan that needed to take it into his own hands and to come up with an alternative human plan, but that was no good. And then he had to put all his trust but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. So this is what we call objective assurance. There are other types of assurance. We have that witness of the Holy Spirit, that we are the children of God. That's a wonderful thing. We read the word of God, and we have this peace and this knowledge, and it's the Holy Spirit's given, but that can come and go. We also have that subjective and indirect knowledge that comes when we're obedient and when we obey the laws of God and we have that sweet peace and fellowship with God. But again, sometimes because of our sin, that comes and goes. The most sure form of assurance is this here. Look at verse 21. This is really a proof text for how the believer can have objective assurance. Here's Abraham. He's got every reason to doubt. He's a hundred. No child has come. How can it be? But this is what he does. He thinks something like this. Who's given me that promise? God has. If the almighty God of heaven has given me that promise, it's as good as done. What's the character of the one that's given me that promise or any promise? Oh, he's utterly faithful. He's omnipotent. He doesn't just have the ability to execute. He's so powerful, he can do it again and again. Surely Abraham thought like that. Has he ever failed me before? Never. Never. In fact, he's been utterly faithful again, again, again. Every time we've prayed, the Lord has answered. We remember past deliverances. Abraham must have done that. And so through that process of appropriating the promises of God, we can say with Paul, he was fully persuaded. The Greek is even stronger. Utterly convinced. Do you know it said, faith takes God at his word. My word, well, I hope that's faithful, but I'm weak. I'm faithless. I'm feeble. But God, oh no, we can take him at his word. If he says it, it's as good as done. Well, Robert Murray McShane, when he was preaching to his congregation. And this is a perennial problem, doubts and assurance. I'm sure there are some within our congregation that still don't yet know that they're the Lord's. They don't have that 
firm conviction, that full persuasion. Robert Murray McShane said to his congregation, remember he was a young man, he died at age 29, up in Dundee he said this, I think this is profound. It's right to look at your own heart, but he said, for every time you look at your own heart, look ten times at Christ. That's the right balance. Look at what Christ has done, and then you can be certain what Christ will do in your life. He was fully persuaded, utterly convinced that what he had promised, that he would be the father of the nations, that through him would be the royal seed and come a saviour, if God has said it, it's as good as done. He looked forward. He looked to the one who gave the promise and he was utterly convinced. Do you have a doubt tonight? Are you unsure whether you're saved? Have you appropriated the promises of God that if you believe, if you trust, if you've repented of your sin, you can know? It's not arrogant to say, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep me against that day. That's Christian language. It's New Testament language. Job said, I know that my Redeemer lives. Christ hadn't even come. And he could say he knew that his Redeemer lives. Can we say, we hesitate not at the promise of God through unbelief, but our saving faith is strengthened by giving glory to God. And verse 21, being utterly convinced <laughs> that what God has promised, I can take him at his word, and he is able to perform what he has said. All the promises of God are yea and amen. We're going to turn to prayer. We can plead the promises of God. and We know that when we pray them, the Lord will answer. He has already. And we can be sure that he will hear us again tonight. May we take God at his word and be utterly convinced that he will do all he says. It's God's desire through Christ that every child of God would not only have the blessing of the forgiveness of sin, but that would know the peace, the comfort that comes of knowing that we are children of God adopted into his family and that we have union with him and that fellowship that only believers know. Assurance is a reality. Assurance can be a certainty if we go as Abraham did and trust in the Lord. We're going to have a hymn.